If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Steve Farrell. Steve is the author of A New Universal Dream and co-founder and worldwide executive director of Humanities Team, a nonprofit organization based in Boulder, Colorado. Humanities Team helps people throughout the world awaken to their deeper self and the interconnectedness of everything in the universe and provides educational programs supporting people on their conscious journey. Every dollar of revenue, 100%. That makes me think of Paul Newman, Newman's own, that organization goes towards their work, supporting conscious evolution, planetary awakening, and flourishing at every level of life. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Carissa. Great to be here with you and your uh, viewers and listeners. Thank you so much. And are you calling from Boulder or Zooming from Boulder today? I am. I am coming to you live from Boulder, Colorado, <laughs> our, uh, our humanities team office and studios, et cetera. Beautiful day here. Wonderful. And I'm actually not too far from you. I'm about 10 miles away in Lafayette, Colorado. You are like right around the corner. <laughs> I know we're going to have to see each other in person sometime. Maybe I could take you out to breakfast or coffee or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're just uh, as a crow flies. That's uh, a hop, skip and a jump. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I moved from Los Angeles, the Los Angeles area about four years ago. So we ended up here because my cousin's here. We have family here and uh, I just love it. It's been amazing. Although we did have that crazy storm yesterday at night. Were you, did you hear that? The hail? The hail was the size of golf balls out where you are in Erie. We didn't have the hail quite that heavy here in Boulder last oh, night. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so sorry to hear that. I hope your car wasn't parked outside. Oh, no, no. I, we're we're all OK. But but you're right. In Erie, I think it was even worse than here, which is so interesting because my friend lives in Erie. I don't know why we're talking about the weather, but it's a Colorado thing, you know. Um, but anyway, I just was curious, how did you end up in Boulder? I ended up in Boulder. Well, wait, do you want me to just give you the short story moving from Silicon Valley or the longer story? So I I, I don't I, know, whatever you feel like. We okay. have about 50 minutes. Great. Well, I moved here in 2007 with my wife and two kids. My They're now young adults. My daughter is 18, going to NYU, the Tisch School here in the fall. And then my son works for Humanities Team, this nonprofit. He's 21, uh, lives here with us. Uh, so yeah, since 2007. So we've been here 15 years and never looked back. You know, life is so much uh, just about chapters. It's like a book. 
because you, if you really stay open to universe, allow yourself to be guided by those doors that are opening and those other doors that have to close and make room for these doors that are opening, then you'll be taken right to where you're supposed to be. And uh, as you know, in my story, I moved here from Silicon Valley and I was I was in the right place at the right time before being married and having kids to start two businesses that just went huge from two guys used furniture in an executive suite. Yeah, that's amazing. I do want to get deeper into your story, but that's just wonderful. Was there was it nature that drew you to Boulder or you and your wife decided together? It was well, my wife went to see you Boulder. Oh, uh, perfect. I see. She had worked for IBM and uh, had come out with my customers. You know, there's a big plant up here. That's just, right. In Longmont, right? Just on the north side of town. Uh, so, but we came here because I'd completed my life as an entrepreneur. I'd sold all of my uh, companies my uh-huh. uh, and these companies. I left these business associations that I was in. And I'd launched Humanities Team with Neil Donald Walsh, founder of Conversations with God in June 2003. So we were four years into the Humanities Team thing. When we were in, when I was an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, and we were raising money and hiring just gobs and gobs of people, building a business culture, no better place to be than Silicon Valley. When I sold everything and and just uh, devoted my life to disservice to this one, to which is Gaia, which is the universe, which is the cosmos, which is the humanities team story. When I did that, there was no reason any longer to base myself in Silicon Valley. That is not the place even today that you'd necessarily want to be if you're looking at creating conscious living worldwide by 2040, which is our objective in humanity. Okay. No offense, Silicon Valley, (laughs) but maybe you can bring it back there. Now that you're here, bringing it back to Silicon Valley, that would be amazing. Well, do you believe that everyone has a mission and how can we discover this? I believe that everybody uh, comes in life. You know, you've heard this, this, uh, this, this thing that said is don't die with the music within you. We've all heard this. Wait, so, is that Wayne Dyer that said that? Uh, that is, in fact, yeah. Wayne Dyer with his daughter, Serena Dyer, wrote a book. You know, don't, it, this was the title of the book, Don't Die With Your Music In You. Uh, so, and this is about, it's about our mission. It's about our dream. It's about our journey through life. It's about just what we're called to do. And so conscious living uh, uh, really is clear about this. And there's a whole process in conscious living where we uh, understand how we allow these doors to close, which then creates opportunity for doors to open, which takes us then to that mission, that dream, those goals. Mm, That's amazing. And just a side note, it's May 10th and it's Wayne Dyer's birthday, although he's passed on and we share the same birthday. So I, I met him and figured that out. Um, so you want to hear something really funny. Okay. We had a huge program, Humanities Team, this morning. I was with Serena Dyer and Sage Dyer. And right in the middle, we had over a thousand people with us. And right in the middle of the program, they said, today was our dad's birthday. So I actually did know that. You didn't know. Did you, did you just find out today through the program? This morning, a couple oh days ago, I'm on a call. With over a thousand people, we've got a program called Messages from the Afterlife, a free program involving his family. 
Yeah. And just this morning, Serena Dyer saying, we're our whole family's here. We're celebrating Wayne's 83rd birthday, which would have been today. Wow. That is just so special and magical. Amazing. Amazing. That, that synchronicity. Yeah. That it's his day. And, and I I wanted to share another (laughs) synchronicity that I thought was interesting that I got an email from your director of operations from D talking about your book being a 50 year journey. And it's actually my 50th today. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about a synchronicity. Well, uh, yeah. So my book comes out, as you know, May 24, just around the corner on Amazon now and Barnes and Noble will carry it. Uh, There's an ebook and auto audible book is coming out. Yeah. And uh, boy, that is, it's, it's my, 50-year journey, which is really um, an unbelievable story. Uh, it's a true story, but it actually was written not about me. It was it was written, well, it is written about me, but it was written for the for the reader uh, as a guide on this conscious journey, because I'm sure we're, we'll get into this on our conscious journey. There are many, many challenges, especially in early, the early part of the journey. And throughout the book, I stop and say, oh boy, this happened. This is what I learned. I do that throughout the book. So to pro- provide tools and my own kind of learned lessons throughout this 50 year journey for the reader. Mm, that's amazing. And how I got connected with you, I first learned about you through Adam Hall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I interviewed Adam, his publicist reached out to me to be interviewed. I interviewed him and then I he was doing a conference. I think it was the Global Oneness is that yeah, your- the one, the summit, that's our summit. Humanity. That's your summit. Okay. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. I'm so in alignment with this. And so I got on your email list and eventually I saw that you did an interview with him and I said, oh, wow, I would love to interview Steve. And then how the universe works, your publicist reached out to me. And then a few days later, D also reached out to me. <laughs> to be interviewed on my show. So like, oh yeah, I was meant to interview you and connect with you somehow. And then I realized that you lived in Boulder. So even greater reason to connect. No kidding. Yeah. Well, and you've got a wonderful show and podcast and yeah, we're, we're definitely kindred spirits because our whole thing, again, we're a nonprofit 501c3, no shareholders. So the whole thing here is supporting people on their conscious journey we, with the download that we got was make conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040, 17 years from now. And we actually have a strategy to do that. That's amazing. Do you want to talk about that strategy? Is it is it through exponential growth? Do you want to have uh, pioneers, uh, people that carry this mission on for your organization? So, uh the synchronicities here, we we years ago, uh, well, we were 20 years old in June. So it's a, we're, a, we're a, a mature nonprofit now. That's for, amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank That's you. a milestone, right? 20 years. I mean, big It's a lot of, yeah, I was, Neil and I launched it in Wilsonville, Oregon, June 2003. My son was actually taking his first steps at home when we launched it. Uh, so here we are 20 years later. But uh, you know, we call it inside of humanities team. My mother-in-law actually came up with this term, which is God job. 
uh, because she was hearing me just describe, oh, this happened and then this happened. And she says, oh, that, that was a God job. And I said, God job, that's an interesting term. Uh, I've never heard that before. You know, and of course, Neil Donald Walsh, co-founder of Conversations with yeah. God. Uh, but in fact, said, does he say when God winks? That he, does he say what? When God winks? Because I've heard God job. I haven't heard of God job, but I've heard of when God winks. Yeah, well, maybe that's a continuation of just winks every day and every moment. Right. We have no business. The way we were founded uh, 20 years ago and what we've grown into, now we have the largest a true streaming platform for conscious uh, education in the world. Uh, you know, it just as it was against all odds. There was no money. There was no organizational structure. Here we are. Uh, because there was one thing after another that presented itself, people, resources, funders, et cetera. Uh, and we started outside of the country. So half of this streaming is outside of the United States and then half is inside. And if your focus is making conscious of being pervasive worldwide by 2040, then you better have a huge presence outside the U.S. And we do. Wow, that's amazing. So that is such an incredible mission and passion that you have. So for for people listening to this, how can they discover their mission? Would it be through their passions or paying attention to these synchronicities that we we're talking about? Or is there something deep inside of people that they can tap into? Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> so um, so briefly, if I were going to reduce it down, what it is, is we there's all of the worldly noise that we're familiar with, right? When there's this roller coaster kind of world where this is happening, given to you, taken away, you know, this whole roller coaster world. When we pay attention to the worldly noise, our family, friends, academic uh, associations, coworkers, et cetera, when we instead tune in to that still small voice. For me, it's more of a feeling than a voice, but it's oh. extremely clear, extremely clear. It is there in every moment. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, if you're in a great relationship and somebody has a crush on you or something, <laughs> uh, we've all had that, and it can be a really attractive person. Um, that still small voice will say, you know, don't do that. Um, you know, you you have something really beautiful now. Don't, don't, you know, so this is just, I want it just so it's not too one example. Yeah. Just one example. There, there are thousands, there, there are guardrails here on this whole still small voice thing. And if we just stay with that still small voice and the beauty of what it is and the magic of what it is and the destiny of what it is, we live the most amazing life ever. It's like autonomous living instead of autonomous driving. Uh, now, if if we want to get into more specifics, Humanities Team a year ago started a program called Changing Humanity's Future with Neil Donald Walsh and the Conversations with God Foundation. If you go to changinghumanitiesfuture.org, you'll see action steps there and you can click on it. It's free. And it lays out a whole series of action steps that we uh, developed, pulled together from um, uh, all the work that we've done and from the Conversations with God books where in my belief anyway, that is God talking to Neil and saying, hey, you know, you've already accomplished this. Take these steps and you'll get there. There will no longer be this existential crisis thing. Just keep going. Uh, we reduced all of that down to action steps there on the page. We also have lots of free programs at humanitiesteam.org 
with Neil Donald Walsh, Michael Beckwith, Panache Desai, and others, free programs, it's right at the top, it says programs, just pull down the free programs, that uh, talk to this very specifically, where the video trainings are about how do we really tune into that still small voice so we go uh, to this destiny that we all were led to live. Mm, that's wonderful. Were you always in touch with that voice, that small voice when you were younger and did you follow it or what happened? I would say, yes, yes, I did. Uh, and this was probably the the magic here for me uh, because you mentioned my book, uh, new universal dream, but by, uh, by the way, if you go to a new universal dream.com, you can see it and the book and this, I give away my masterclass, which is a $300 masterclass called Conscious Leadership that's there and there are chapters that are unlocked there. Uh, but so- Can I and just it's say one thing years. to our audience? Yeah, if you order by May, pre-order by May 24th, you get this amazing class. It's $300 so, masterclass called Conscious Leadership. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really cool offer. Um, the reason we offered that is because we really want to get this whole- New Universal Dream. We'll talk about what that is later, but out in the world and then the whole journey to get there. Um, now, the story I tell in the book is that I did honor that still small voice. It was a, that was a perceptive question. I grew up on the East Coast with six brothers and sisters, a divorced oh, wow. a little home, 1,300 square feet. There are eight of us and a dog living in this little home with a divorced mom. So just like most yeah, of your visual of just total chaos. <laughs> there you go. You yeah. know, so I'm I'm sure viewers can relate, right? I did not grow up in privilege at all. So I I then left that. I moved to California by myself, listening to that still small voice, and bam, I end up right in the right spot. I start two companies that go to 75 million in revenue rapidly. That, that gets me into the Young Presidents Organization. And in my chapter, there were 50 of us. And Gavin Newsom was one of my partners in the chapter. Uh, Hamid Mogadam, who runs the largest real estate equity trust in the world, 110 billion value, was in my chapter. Annie Cunningham, who was Steve Jobs' marketing genius that helped launch the Macintosh, she was in my chapter. That's only three. I could tell you about the whole chapter. But So I went to the center of wealth creation from that little home uh, by listening to my still small voice. And then uh, I did what what uh, I would recommend anybody do if they find themselves in the same place, which is I learned the lessons I was to learn and I rejected uh, this whole power, fame and fortune thing. And I U-turned into this whole conscious journey. That was when I sold everything. I left and uh, with Neil Donald Walsh launched Humanities Team. And this is where I found the real gold. The fool's gold was in Silicon Valley. I found real gold, real treasure, on the conscious journey, which I know is what uh, your program's about. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Did when you reached that success twice, which is incredible, did did you feel like there was something more or did you feel like an emptiness or did you feel like uh, like a drive? Like, oh, what's next? What's my next company? What do I want to do? So I, I had my awakening experience in mid 1995. So I was well into it here by what by the time I got out to 2000, 2001, where I sold everything. Uh, this is a journey, you know, we go deeper and deeper into this conscious journey. What I witnessed, and we there are meetings called forums where we meet privately, and, and then we're, we're sworn 
to absolute confidentiality and secrecy. I'd never share the things I heard. But in the overall, what I will share is these people that mint money, the issues and challenges going on with uh, their partner, their kids, oh. co-workers, their friends, friends who they went to college with and so on. Where because you're so driven, you know, you've you've hit the jackpot, right? Mm -hmm. And now you're really at it. Just you're really at it in terms of keeping that jackpot going. What does that do? That's marginalizing. That's taking a time uh, and attention away from all of these really beautiful people in your life. It's not that it happened to all of them, but I would say most of them because the adulation that's coming at you, the desire to keep hitting the jackpot, the intense competition, it makes it extremely challenging to live uh, consciously. I, I will say that some can, the Dalai Lama, uh, Patagonia, there, there are organizations and there are people that are successful in this. They yeah. hit the jackpot, they're incredibly famous, but they stay, they manage to, even through all the adulation, stay centered in, in uh, this whole conscious living thing. It's very hard to do that. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. And there's this feeling, there might be with some of those people, that feeling of sacrifice, that they this is the price you pay. This is, you know, to get that quote success that um, society puts so much value on. And of course, those people, you know, building the companies put so much value on. And, and it's just wonderful that you had this awakening and you maintained your heart and you knew there was a bigger vision for yourself and for humanity. That's amazing. And that's the, that's the thing where you were asking that perceptive question earlier, did you follow that still small voice? This is the thing. Cause I will tell you, my family was horrified. Uh, they were, when I, when I when said, you say your family, can I clarify your wife? Not my wife. I was led to, to, to my wife. Uh, and, and boy, what a beautiful story that is. But, but okay. my brothers and sisters, uh, were, oh, I see. Flew out and it was like, oh my God, don't do this. Don't walk away. You know, you've hit the jackpot. Keep going. You know, there's seven figures every single year in this. Why in the world would you leave this? Uh, and they cared about me. They loved me. So I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sharing that this was, yeah. that I was, I was mad or concerned uh, with them, but it's, it's what the world does when you have mm -hmm. success. My neighbors, by the way, my neighbors thought I was the biggest rock star in the world. You know, two, $75 million companies in no time, bam, 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 best venture capital there for the second one. Uh, and then when I sold it all and walked away, they thought, what is this guy doing? Because he lost his mind. What's going to happen to this family? You know, yeah. so totally, the world is like, you know, and, and, and again, a lot of them care about you. I'm not trying to be mean here, but uh, there's extraordinary discipline required to follow that still small voice when the world is saying, is is thinking you've made a huge mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And just out of curiosity, real quick, what were the businesses? Was it technology and software? Technology, yeah. we uh, I was with IBM in the 80s. And then I, uh, with another guy, uh, we started a digital integration company. The first one is called the Enterprise Networking Systems, ENS. And we were Inc. 500 twice, almost a third time, just growing like crazy. Again, used furniture, two guys, used little executive suite in a very inexpensive part of the Bay Area called South San Francisco. And then mm -hmm. we rocketed to 75 million in revenue in 10 years. And then within the first company, 
Then we gave birth to a second company that was consulting, no products at all, just consulting for large, like the Gap and PeopleSoft and Oracle, companies like that, uh, where we had just these engineers that we build out at hundreds of thousand dollars a year. Uh, it was called Netogy. And in two years, uh, we took that company to 75 million in revenue and 750 people worldwide at, the, at its peak. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so I do, because I love stories, I just love, I want to hear the story of you meeting your wife. So this was after you sold your companies? So this is, uh, now this story is, I was uh, I was single in there and dating and the companies were doing, you know, this first one was was doing real well. So, you know, there was a Harvard MBA who was attractive. Uh, I was dating and then and then after that, there was this attorney also really attractive that I dated after that. Uh, and the attorney was the one where she came to me at one point and she said, you know, I never imagined that I was going to date some guy that can't tell a good, dirty joke. Mm-hmm. And I she was like, that was not a nice thing that she was saying to me. It was like, I'm too nice a guy or something. Uh, and and so I, I I broke up with her. And that was, that was the that was the place where I said, I really need to get my head screwed on straight here uh-huh. on the day and, you know, be clear about what am I looking for? It's just an right. attractive. You were just reacting to attractive, yeah, women. Attractive, you know, communicative and fun and all of right. that. Right, right. So Stephanie worked in the company, actually through my glass office. She was, oh. I could see her out there. She was, she started in a very junior position just the sweetest person that would do anything. And I said, God, what a incredibly nice uh, woman, you know, just thoughtful and open hearted and so on. And what did she do for the company? Marketing. Yeah. She was oh, marketing. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I just, for, for a year, you know, we did all these business meetings so I could get to know her because you basically have to know you're going to marry him before you start dating him, which is a little bit of a stressful thing. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to make sure before you started dating. Oh, that's good. That's good. You knew what you wanted. Okay. So then you had to ask her out. You didn't have any work policies about against dating. Oh boy. You know, <laughs> and our chief of our senior vice president of engineering, they were like, when is she leaving the company? I mean, seriously. <laughs> she is not going to be in this company anymore, right? And she did, she did stay in for a few more years. Uh so if you know, I'm not recommending this, but <laughs> It did work in our case. We just sell, last year celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Okay. So you had to make sure it was a clean slate and everything. And then she felt the same way about you or did it take some convincing um, of dating her? Yeah, no, she she said to me, um, you know, you're a boy scout. I mean, you're really good hearted and you, you're not flighty and you, you, do want to focus on really building uh, successful things. She saw me in all those years. Let me tell you, entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. There, I tell this story in this book. It's unbelievable the challenges you're overcoming every single day. She saw me persevere through that to where we raised almost $200 million for that second company because of the reputation I developed in the first company. Okay. Uh, so she knew, or, you know, he's a good bet. He's like, I've seen him up close and, you know, yes, I'll, uh, I can, I can marry this guy. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So how did she feel about this 
But did you guys come together with this mission? Does she help you with your nonprofit or how do you guys work together now? Um, she does a little bit of work with us, with Humanities Team, not much. She was in the middle of it for so many years. It was like, oh my God, I don't want to. And it's, it's awkward, you know, where, uh, because now I would never say, have you done or you do this? You know, boy, don't don't tell your spouse something like that, you know. Whoa, uh, you want to get in trouble. You so, learned your lesson. Okay. But, yeah, That's but I will say, and this is, I, I get into this in the book, but uh, I was led just like, the small, still small voice led me to so many things that got me here, led me to her. I uh, share that back in that time frame, it was the weirdest thing happened to me because I was an entrepreneur growing like crazy. And I kept getting this thought dropped into my head of you need today to marry a spiritual woman. And I'm an entrepreneur, you know, and I'm, I'm like, okay. And I was, I, I'll give it, I love God. And I was, yeah. I was much more spiritual than your average guy. But still, it was like, why do I keep getting this in my head? It's oh, like, enough already. I hear you. Okay. Wow. I will. But did you meditate or go to church or do anything? Uh, like we go to we go to church. And so now these days, you know, my my life every day is a meditation. Oh, and yeah. Say this is a meditation. So it's all we we understand on the conscious journey. It's all, you know, we're spiritual beings and there's a lot that we can do to be in that connected space where instead of the roller coaster I was describing earlier, where it's like drift diving. If you've gone uh, scuba diving or snorkeling where you just, and you're in Cozumel, you just put your arms out and you just drift. It is the easiest thing, which is what my life is now. And it's not that I don't encounter challenges, I do, but I'm in the space of of connection to this whole universe around me, to nature, uh, in that still small voice where I'm not getting, uh, staying off of the rails on both sides of me, you know, where I'm autonomous living. And uh, so it's smoother. This is, again, this is the true prosperity. This is the real gold, uh, not not what you would find going to Silicon Valley or New York City. Mm, wonderful. So you have you said your son is also involved with the company, and do you have uh, what does he do? And do you have other family members that have joined? Uh, so my my daughter then is going to NYU, the Tisch School. She wants performing arts is her thing. She'll go in the fall. Congratulations uh, to her. Thank you. Yeah, she's ex real excited, and we're excited for. Her. Um, so, and they all grew up, you know, in a very spiritual home, as you can imagine. So this whole one with God and one with each other, one with the planet and the universe, they totally, totally get that. And it's not that they walk around like parroting these lines because they don't at all. You know, teenagers going into their early 20s, they have their own life they want to live. Uh, there's there's certainly a lot of love and respect for me, but I wouldn't say they're just like walking right in my footsteps. My son uh, does social media. so. Wonderful. Uh, well, that's so exciting yeah. to get them involved in your company and to pay them. You know, that's wonderful. Yeah. Dylan is is so talented and he just created a video that this, as we're talking about conscious living, you know, you want to get it down to like a one minute or three minute story so people can just watch it and they totally get what it is, mm. that you do, especially because there's some abstract to this. So Dylan's been working with me on these videos that just where you watch the story and you can't miss what this is about oh wow that's so wonderful to to make a compelling video and get people to engage or to act and to click on your courses and other things i mean 
you offer so much with humanities team. It's amazing. What is your definition of oneness? Well, so oneness is a lot of times as people are starting to journey into this whole understanding, there's the sense that, well, we need to go, we're trying to Steve and humanities team is trying to create something new, oneness. But actually oneness is, is here now and always has been. Its ultimate reality is oneness. What oneness means, which by the way, uh, the reason I can say it's ultimate reality is scientists are all over this now. So if any of your viewers or listeners haven't uh, taken the time to follow science, I, I strongly recommend you do. So the Nobel Prize for Physics, October last year, was three gentlemen for entanglement. What is entanglement? If you look it up in the dictionary, you've got two things on different sides of the universe. There's no physical connection at all, and they're influencing and affecting each other. Uh, it's, you know, it's 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 a one of the properties of oneness. Um, when we get into when we do the metaphysical, and we're you know just like Joe Dispenza, where we're out not in the matter above matter, which is called metaphysical, where we see these things and we strongly desire them. Esther Hicks, uh, think of uh, Abraham, uh, who came out with a book twenty years ago. When we see into the future and feel it, and it you know a, a, an Earth that's healing a family that's reaching out all over the world, helping people to awaken, supporting people in the conscious journey where we really feel into that. We do, uh, we, we make that happen. We manifest that. So oneness is understanding. Uh, let me just bring in one other scientist, Nassim Harriman, the Resident Science Foundation, if you want to Google him. He's a physicist. He's created masterclasses called Forbidden Science on our humanities team, uh, conscious streaming platform. So all of his research says everything is one from quantum scale atoms, protons, to the largest universes uh, and everything in between physical and non-physical, that everything is one. So the term he uses as a scientist, he says, so what that means is you are sovereign to this one body, to the universe, to the cosmos. And he said, so you should stand up straight and walk around because the universe, the cosmos couldn't exist without you. You are inseparable from the one, from this whole, that where everything is a part of the one. And now, interestingly, Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God, says, we are all one with God and each other and all of life. They're actually saying the exact same thing. But one is talking in spiritual terms, the other one in terms of science. So, And when we know that, not just here, logic center of our mind, but here, wisdom center of our soul, where we really know that and we live into that and we understand that God, you know, the divine is right here, right now. There is no separation. The roomy thing is true, right? That we're not a drop into the ocean. The whole ocean is a drop that is us, right? Uh, that, that it actually is true that all of everlasting life, unlimited potential, it's all right here, right now. So we can do the metaphysical, we can be intentional, we can do these things, and we can actually create powerfully into the future. And with everlasting life, we understand this is a teeny, 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 teeny little chapter in our everlasting life. And we can decide, okay, with this little chapter here, what do I want to do in this world that's so challenged right now? Who do I want to be in response to these challenges that are going on, which is what we're doing in humanities team. So oneness is where we understand what ultimate reality is, and we harness the power of that oneness 
And then we powerfully manifest, not for the little self, like Maseratis and 10 vacation homes and gold, you know, in Switzerland banks. No, for the larger self, for the larger self, we're doing the metaphysical of, oh my God, you know, every person is is cared for. They're there's they're loved. They understand how loved they are. There, there's food, there's housing. Uh, that we and we steward this earth. We no longer do these stupid things that have created global warming. And so existential crisis, this term goes in the trash can. We don't need to think about it anymore. Why? Because we've made conscious living pervasive worldwide. So it's our larger self where we're a, a part of the whole self with a capital S that we're operating from in oneness. It's what we actually naturally do because we're actually designed that way. As Nassim Harriman, a physicist, says, he says, now your, your DNA, you are genetically designed to be part of a whole. Now, he hasn't said this, but I'll say this. What that means is um, I know people that have made so much money, they're off on yachts and the best wines, pretty girls or, or guys everywhere. Uh, and it's and 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 life is terrible. <laughs> and it's like, my God, you know, they 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 hit the lottery. I mean, the nicest yachts and boats and planes and women and men and best wines and what why because we're not designed that way we're actually not designed to live as a smaller self or genetically we are not designed that way and you, so, you mean the smaller self is like from the ego and the three yeah, and yeah the me 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 you know oh just i yeah. want to do this for me you know as opposed to the we 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 yeah yeah wonderful so how does diversity uh come into this concept of oneness or murderers or negative uh, people violence and uh this oneness this is on uh, an energetic level i mean so can anyone connect with this and what is the purpose of that contrast of that different type of person that isn't in tune with that this oneness well, so first are the diversity, which is really important. There's when we talk about oneness, we really need to talk about diversity in oneness because okay. it's not a homogenized larger self. We all are on the exact same, we're doing okay. the same thing, walking around as robots. No, uh, just the opposite. In fact, mm. uh, your gifts are very different. Or my gifts very different from her gifts. You know, our gifts are just extraordinary, and the. Uh, the divine or universe, whatever term we want to use, is just holding the sticks and this beautiful music is playing when it's oneness where we're all giving our gift. So, which mm -hmm. is extremely different. And it's like the Olympics when you watch them walk around in all these different colors and men and women and different clothes. And it's like, oh, you know, everybody is like, oh my God, this is so stunning. That's the diversity and oneness. Now, as oh, to- I love it. I love it. All these things going on, um, so uh, The Little Soul in the Sun, which was one of the early books that uh, co Conversations with God that came out, reduces this whole conscious living thing to the, if you had to get it down to one simple script, it's this, it's a kid's book. This is actually the video my son Dylan and I are working on right now in, a, in an animation video. But what this animation video or book says is there's this little soul in the non-physical realm that goes to the what's called the big soul, we could call that God, and says, uh -huh. I want to be uh, the light. I want to be the light. I, I don't want to just know the light, because in the non-physical realm, if you follow mediums and into ears, right, we all know it's just pure love, right? That's all it is, pure love. We know yeah. 
nothing near-death near death experience for those didn't catch that yes right right so that's what we know and the little soul says i know that we're pure i know i know that i it's all that's here i want to be the, i want to be the light and the big soul says well if you want to be the light there's only one way to be you need to be birthed then back into a body where there's a lot of darkness there has to you can't be the light without the contrast of darkness uh you can't be tall if you don't see short right we can keep going with that so the little soul says, good, then, then put me in a body. I want to be the light. And the little soul comes down and sees there are all of these people. There are many people being not very nice, not very helpful, thoughtful, not forgiving, et cetera, et cetera. But the little soul holds on to, okay, I'm going to be, I'll be the light in the face of adversity. I'm going to be that best person that my biggest self, my larger self, I'm going to be the light, you know, in this experience. And then at the end, uh, the little soul goes back to the big soul and the divine says, well, I was, I did it. I, I was the light. I was the light. And the big soul, you were, you were beautiful. Nicely done. That's, that's in a, if you want to reduce this whole thing down, yes. to I, this, what we're doing here, there, there's your story. Oh, that that's amazing. And I love that's in a children's book. I have to get that book too. In addition to Steve's book, if you have kids, get that. I'm a children's book author. And so I just love that you're doing this and promoting it. I, you're are you partners with Neil on this children's book as well? Uh well, Neil is is uh, you know, we're partnered on everything in the humanities. Oh. You actually haven't told him yet about this particular project, but oh. he created a new masterclass. Um with a free program in front of it. It actually, it's something we've never done before. It's, it's, a, it's for this conscious, uh, making conscious living pervasive worldwide uh, initiative of ours. And he created eight modules. I created eight modules. It's coming out here in about a month and we're going to let people price it themselves. So we've never done that before. Where we're going to say, look at the value of here, consider the value, please also consider how your ability to pay. And if you don't have any money, you really can't afford to pay anything, then we'll give it to you for free. And if you can, if if you uh, see the value and you can afford to pay for it, we invite you to, you know, pay for it and even pay for it generously. So yeah, that program's coming out soon. It's the latest collaboration of Neil and me, but we work on things all week, every week. Oh, that's so incredible. Can you share the story of how you met him or, or and how you felt drawn to reach out to him? So in the 1990s, when I was this whole hyper growth thing was going on, I got and I read Neil's book, Conversations with God, book one, 1995, made a huge, this was my awakening thing. Uh, so and I got on his newsletter and his newsletter reached out and said, are there anybody out there with a substantial company that's done anything with these conversations with God concepts? And candidly, I thought everybody in the world was going to respond because Conversations with God was on the New York Times bestseller list for 137 weeks. Larry King, ABC, NBC, they all were interviewing Neil. Everybody had the book on their bedstand. I thought I'm just one of thousands saying, yeah, I have. As it turns out, I was I was one of the few that responded to Neil. And so he and his wife said, oh, would you come up and, you know, could we have dinner and you could meet everybody at the foundation? So Stephanie and I flew up there. Uh, and I met Neil in the late 1990s. That was how we started then a couple of years later to launch Humanities Team together. What an honor, right? That's like incredible. Were you excited? Yeah, I was I was very excited. Um, I was. 
yeah. Um, and so we've known each other a long time. Uh, we're both very different, you know, extremely different, but we are both, we know we embody to be here right now to do what we're doing. Um, and in the last, back to the late 1990s, it's kind of neat to know somebody that's, that is so devoted that with everything that's been going on since then, mm-hmm. you know, Neil is a thousand percent in every single day. Uh, I am too. I am a thousand percent in every single day. And it, it's kind of a neat kindred spirit thing when you when you relate to each other that way. Yeah, that's incredible. His work has really moved me. Him and Wayne Dyer were my first like spiritual teachers, you know, through yeah. books and and conferences and everything. So do you want to talk more about your latest book, A New Universal Dream? What inspired you to write this? The thing that inspired, first of all, I was I was told to write it because I didn't necessarily want to write a book oh. on a, such a busy schedule with humanities team, my partners yeah. and colleagues all over the world. But years back, probably seven, eight years ago, I, I really got the download of, OK, write the book and tell the story, the true story, you know, a memoir in that sense, the 50 year journey. Uh, now, why? Um, I think there were a couple of reasons why that I was I was told to write this book. One is, again, the uh, unlikely uh, possibility that you'd have a kid, I was the third oldest of seven with a divorced mom, going from that little home to the center, and I do mean the center of wealth creation in Silicon Valley, the largest venture capital companies, uh, Gavin Newsom, who, you know, and and he's one of, of 50 that were there, you know, in my chapter. So I'm right there in the center of it. And then just again, my still small voice, honoring it, seeing it, understanding it, uh, saying this is really not where I'm supposed to be, and and just and selling it, leaving it all, and doing this complete U-turn, where I go off on this conscious journey as a pioneer myself, and now with partners and colleagues all over the world, where we really are reaching really millions of people with our work. So that story, which is so unlikely, uh, and it brings people into private planes and private ski resorts and you know, why would a guy leave that? You know, what, what, why did you do that to, to tell the story of what I saw and why I did it? Uh, but then maybe the more important reason I think I wrote the book was to just for the reader to, to have a guide. This conscious journey is enormously challenging. I shared when I made my decision to leave everything, sell everything, move on. I had family flying out of what are you doing? Get Get a grip on yourself, Steve. You know, let's not lose it here, right? It's very challenging. I'm I'm guessing there are people all over the world under going through that challenge now. Uh, to be able to uh, hear my lessons learned along the way and offer tools, I stop throughout the book and say, this is what I learned. This is a tool from this. And I do that throughout the book so that the reader who's on a conscious journey, I think, can even if they take away a tenth of those lessons learned and tools, they're going to have a pretty nice handbag there when they finish reading the book. Mm, that's great. And so did you start writing this seven years ago? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a, as you know, with a, as a memoir, I didn't got into great detail. We ended up cutting a lot out, making a lot of changes. Neil actually came in and wrote, edited it for three months himself. We, uh, we really put a lot into this book because we, again, wanted to, we're just looking at how can we create a book that's a 50 year true story that can be offer the maximum value to the reader 
at this time when, as we know, we're in the middle of this pivot net right now, right? This whole, this great shift or great awakening is happening right now. We're well into it. Uh, this is an important moment. And we want to provide all the tools, insight, vision, uh, steps, everything we can right now to people all over the world that are participating in this. Yeah, I feel like you do have, it's an incredible time to be alive. And writing this book is so timely because it feels like there's this momentum for people awakening and this desire with um, meditation apps becoming more popular and, and all these people seeking and ayahuasca ceremonies or, or different journeys, you know, people have their own way of becoming awakening, but it's the, it's the seeking, it's this whole like unified energy of like wanting more and like, and, and I'm feeling that too, just like this desire to just, yes, yes, I want to be connected. I, I want to feel more. I, I want to help more people. And, and I think it's happening to everyone, whether, whether they're aware of it or not. It is. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is one of the things I, I talk about here in the book is what's is the new spirituality. And if you've read Neil's conversations with God books, you're familiar with the term new spirituality. This is the deliciousness, the juicy thing uh, that I think years from now, five, 10 years from now, uh, that we're all going to be talking about and living. Because this is when I was talking about the drift diving, where we're in flow, where it just feels so good the way we're living. We sleep really well. We're awake and knowing what our purpose is. We uh, gather with coworkers who share our values, uh, that we're just this whole delicious, we're not afraid of death, except that we're going to very much miss people, right? That our loved ones uh, will. So it's not like we just want to check out because they're we've got these loved ones here on the planet. But but we understand going on to the next chapter and the one after that, our continuation day is not something to be feared. So New, the new spirituality, I think, is what will emerge out of this. That's going to change everything, everything, everything on the planet, our relationships, the way we live our life, uh, education, healthcare, everything will yeah. change because we'll really live into the fullness of this whole, I'm a spiritual being, you know, and I just happen to be inhabiting this body right now. Yeah, interesting. Do you have a consulting arm of your business that helps corporations embrace this consciousness that you're trying to achieve? We have partners that partners. are inside of our business. There's a one uh, that does our weekly program called Soul Circles, Dr. Jonathan Ellerby. This is what he does. So we partner with him. Uh, he goes into the largest, most prestigious companies and works with them. So we haven't developed like a formal codified uh, practice, but we can go into any organization, talk to any person, go to any country uh, in any language. Yeah. Uh, uh, and reach out. Yeah. I, I just think that that would be amazing. I mean, you already have a partner that's doing it, but with your business background and then integrating this consciousness, I think would be so incredible. And I would assume would increase productivity and efficiency and connection and, and desire to work and perform for the organization. Yeah, right now with the book, especially out, um, this is this is the calling in my organization. My partners and colleagues are supporting me and I've been in the middle of a lot of things 
as we're growing our streaming platform and Global Oneness Summit and these things. But they're saying, Steve, just let us, we'll take it. You you just get out there, whether it's in front of businesses or- Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, this is this is our moment. We really, you know, this wave here, oneness, the new spirituality, whatever we want to call it, this great awakening. It's we can feel it. It's coming in. There's a depth to it. It's it's getting bigger and deeper. And uh, we want to just contribute all in, in all the ways that we can to that. Yeah, that's incredible. So why is this saying so important to you? No problem can be solved with the same level of consciousness that created it. So that um, that's one of the Albert Einstein quotes. And uh, actually, um, so I've got the full quote right here. Okay. Uh, the thing I love about this is 75 years ago, okay, Albert Einstein uh, shared this quote, which just nails, puts a finger right on the problem and the solution. Everything I'm talking about is in this quote. 75 years ago, it's just astonishing he had this, uh, this wisdom. So here's the full quote. A human being is a part of a whole called by us, the universe. He's a scientist, a part limited in time and space. He experiences him, himself, his thoughts and his feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest us. Our task must therefore be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circles of compassion and embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. Okay, so everything we've been talking about here, the problem that we're just, there's this optical delusion of, well, we're all separate. You're separate from me and we're separate from the earth. And we're just walking around and I'll do with my little family. You know, we'll put a fence post around me and my family. We'll just kind of take care of ourselves. Bam, it's right here. And then, but we got to get rid of, let's get out of prison. How do we do that? We, oh my God, it's just an optical delusion. We actually are all, you know, there are 8 billion faces of the one here, including the earth. You know, wow, we got we better widen these fence posts to take into consideration all of life in, in, here on the earth, and for that matter, in the universe, right? Start dreaming a new dream, this dream of an awakened humanity, this dream where we are a maturing species and we're no longer walking around, uh, you know, UFOs even 10 years ago. If you said, oh, I believe in UFOs, most people say, oh, you know, are you a tree hugger? You know, are you a new ager? Uh-huh. Where, well, today, almost everybody, blue or red state would say, yeah, they're probably UFOs. I mean, it's now, right? Yeah. So maturing as a species where we understand, yeah, there's life in the universe that we can open ourselves to the one that we can be, um, we can, we can be in this metaphysical experience where we're creating, where we are energy beings and we can raise our vibration, uh, where we are developing our psychic skills. We can lift the veil. We can connect with loved ones, angels and guides. So we're understanding now this whole multidimensional being that we are. And that's, where we start, where we understand that and live into it, now we're the mature species that we were destined to be. That's what this whole conscious living by 2040 thing is. Oh, fascinating. I love how that tied into your your mission and goal. What is Zen success to you? So success is, it's not the the sugar high. It's not the mirage thing, which I saw, which the mirage thing, by the way, is where 
your company gets to a billion in sales, we're at a billion in sales. You celebrate. Now we're going for 2 billion. You get to 2 billion. Now we're going to 4 billion. There's no, you know, it's a mirage. There's just, you're never there. You're never at the oasis. It's always out on the horizon. Then it's a sugar high and celebration for 24 hours when you get there because you're then headed in after more and more and more of that. That's this whole hit the jackpot. Got to keep it going. Uh, it's the ethereal. Uh, it's this short-lived thing. It's, it's, it's the smaller self thing, a sugar high where it feels so good for 10 seconds. Uh, true success is what this deliciousness of life stuff that we're talking about, the drift diving where your partner and your friends and your coworkers, they love you for who you are, where you understand you're an inseparable part of the one you understand you are adored by the universe, by God, uh, where we're now like here, this is this program. This is, I'll call it loving service. We're just sharing truth. We're trying to maybe provide a tool or two that might be valuable to listeners and viewers uh, where we're in service to that. Let's do that each day. So this is the contrast, sugar high, ethereal, or lasting deliciousness, really feeling good that it is continuing, being in drift diving and in flow instead of roller coaster up and down. So there's this very strong contrast between or fool's gold and real gold, a strong contrast between one definition of success, power, fame, and fortune, and another definition of success, which is where we really are living into the fullness of who we are. Mm, that's incredible. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and hearing about your latest book, A New Universal Dream. I'll put your website and how to pre-order the book in the show notes and check out a new universaldream.com and stevefarrell.org. Thanks for being on my show today, Steve. Thank you, Carissa. Yeah, delight. And we'll have to definitely have tea or coffee here sometime being right in the area. So thank you. My pleasure. that's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.